0: Hey there, podcast listeners, welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub.
1: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department's postperson, Chris Gouts, Chris, it's an exciting day on field days today. We have some pretty exciting guests, some pretty um, interesting guests um, to talk about a program that we have on the west side of the state in Region 4B, in mean, FOA that's Lake Michigan side of the state. So it's a program called CLEAR. It's been going on for quite a few years now, and we've had some great success out of it. It's a hybrid of mentoring slash law enforcement involvement. It's a really cool program, and I'm excited to talk to um, our guests today about it. And you've actually Seemed clear, right, Chris?
2: I have. I was there. And I just want to mention, I'm glad that you mentioned where 4B is because when you were saying that you were holding up your hand like the like state of Michigan and showing people on the map, and that doesn't really work, work for the podcast. So, so you, I'm glad you that you actually me? described
1: it. Nobody can it, see me? I'm, I'm glad you described it. For, for two it years, I thought people could actually see me on this thing. Okay. Good to know. So let's introduce our guest first, Angie Sprank. You are the community coordinator. Correct. Over in that- For Region 4. For Region 4, right? So talk about yourself, what brought you to do what you do, and uh, explain to everybody who you are.
3: I'm the coordinator for Region 4, so 4A and 4B. I've been with Michigan Works, who holds the contract for Offender Success for seven years now. When I first started, I had nine rural counties, and now I have 13 counties, which include Ottawa, Muskegon, and Kent. So obviously that takes up a lot of my time. And I oversee the program as far as all the services that are out there under Offender Success, such as residential stability, employment services, employment services, social supports, behavioral help, mentoring. Um, I go into the facilities often for orientation and we have the truck driving program that started over under region four and that's very successful. We've put about I think 37 guys through region four and our success rate is 94 percent so that's still going strong. And then whatever else is needed in the community falls under offender success. I do a lot of speaking engagements and then working with the different agencies that provide the services.
1: And one of the most important things that you failed to mention that you do is you are a friend of this pod. You have been on this podcast before, right? I have, that's, Ryan that's,
3: and I, yeah. i can't you missed that. That's I know, that. I'm so sorry.
1: So, yeah, <laughs> you and Ryan uh, Powell we're, were previously on the podcast to talk about the truck driving yes. school, right? Yes. Well, welcome back. Thank you Thank for coming you. back. We appreciate it. And we also have Officer Dan Myers on from uh, GRPD, Grand Rapids Police Department. Thank you for coming on. And well, thanks for having me. So, let's talk about CLEAR. Dan, I guess we can start with you as. Can you explain the program for those? I mean, obviously everybody on the west side of the state would know what CLEAR is, but, you know, we have 105 field offices, prisons. Can you explain kind of what your program is and kind of some history behind it? Probably about,
4: I think it was a little over 11 years ago, the Department of Corrections was looking at recidivism rates and was trying to come up with different options as far as how to lower them. And they ended up coming to the Grand Rapids Police Department and asking if there was some way to try to bring officers together with guys who were returning to the community from incarceration and so it was a very kind of loose form at the beginning they didn't really know exactly how they'd do it and at that point um or at that time lieutenant ralph mason and officer then officer he's now a lieutenant but um, officer terry dixon the two of them were the ones that kind of headed it up and so they began having meetings with guys um, having lunch together and talk about different issues that they were dealing with they they did learn that there was kind of another language that they didn't speak. And so they ended up going into the prisons, uh, meeting with guys before they got paroled out. They also developed kind of a leadership team with a couple guys who had done time, who were then doing well and and being successful. And it just kind of, you know, grew from that. Um, Our weekly meetings, we have a lot of support and service providers that show up at the, the meetings. There's usually anywhere from 10 to 15 guys who are actively on parole, There's also some guys who have completed parole and are just doing well. Um, And in their own words, they've said this is kind of like their family now. And so they come in, we
1: have lunch together,
4: then have some intentional conversations about different things that they deal with.
1: Yeah, and I think that's. um, I think I want to get a little bit more in depth on that. What a typical meeting looks like, because you know, if if you if you've never been there and you're trying to envision what it looks like, walk us through a meeting. So I I know I know there's there's a lunch, which is which is always awesome because you know, I've been to a few of these, and that's uh, the best part for me is to get lunch because the food's always Food great. Food draws people it's, in, it's, yes. at a, it's, at a, it's at a church setting, right? Yes. So go ahead and talk about what a typical meeting looks like. I'm going to back up even just a touch further than
4: that. Before I got this position, I've been an officer for 19 years. I've been doing this for over four now. And when they posted the position, um, then any officer that's interested and in, in, in it can put in for it, I wanted to know what it was like first. And so I actually went to a, a meeting in plain clothes because I had no idea what it was like. Went in, sat down, um, gentleman sits next to me and uh, made reference to the fact that it was run by the police and um, he was less than fond of the police. Um, I was in plain clothes because I didn't really want to stand out. So I, I kind of chuckled and was like, yeah, me too. Then I didn't realize that they, everyone in, introduces themselves. And so it goes around the table and he says how much time he did and gets to me. and I'm like, yeah, my name's Dan Myers and I've been an officer with Grand Rapids for 15 years. And he kind of slid away from me a little <laughs> bit. But then we we kind of laughed about it. We sat down. We had lunch together. We ate. I was really impressed by the the conversation. And then fast forward a year and a half later, I end up putting in. Obviously, I put in for it and got the position. A year and a half later, I'm I'm meeting with a, a friend on a, a street corner by a um, restaurant, and I see a car flip around. And obviously, wanted to talk to me, so I, I wait for him. And that guy ends up getting out of the parole out of the that was on you know parole. Then gets out of the car, comes over, gives me a hug. And it's like, man, I get off parole on Tuesday. So to go from that mindset of I, I really dislike the police, um, and I'll leave the rest of the words out, but to go from that to you know giving me a hug because he was getting off parole and his life was going in a better direction, he had a totally different outlook um, on the police. Um, that meant a lot to me. But the typical meeting, we basically come in, we sit down, um, we'll kind of chat for a little bit, just kind of you know milling around talking to people. Um, we then sit down. I'll go over kind of the house rules of the meeting and stuff, just being respectful to each other and um, what you know the acronym CLEAR stands for: um, Coalition, Leadership, Education, Advice, and Rehabilitation. Um, I'll read the mission statement to them, um, and then everyone introduces themselves, kind of how much time they've done or whatever um, you know area of support that they're there um, representing. Then we have a meal together, and then. I'll introduce a topic um, whether it's sometimes I'll show a video sometimes I won't um, but we'll bring up something whether it's you know issues within the family um, reunifying with family members after you get out of prison some of the, the tensions that are caused by that how to deal with old associates and, and kind of getting a new circle of, of people that you run with you know just different areas of support like that and then we'll just talk about it from there and they tend to really kind of um,
1: direct where it's going depending on where their needs are. I want to underscore and highlight what you just said from the time where you sat next to somebody and said well you know they're uh, the police are this they i don't like the police at all <laughs> to the point where they're on the street corner in in public giving you a hug and saying thank you i mean that that is i want to underscore that part of your story which was very very good because that's what this is all about right it, it's you're 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 helping your role modeling in these meetings you're teaching people new skills and you're and you're changing people's perception of law enforcement and, and people who are out there getting to try to help help them and I mean, they're also citizens, right? If they if they need Absolutely. help, they're going to call the police too. They're not. I mean, it's like they're not going to come because they're on parole. They're citizens, and for them to understand that and to and to have a relationship with you like that is is really awesome. And I and I can't stress to you how much I appreciate hearing that story because it's amazing, I, right?
2: Yeah, I was wondering if you see that translated across your department, and I'm sure yours, like many other departments, are focusing on community policing and and doing more of that, and and just the importance of having parolees and others who have had you know experience with the criminal justice system to be able to sit at an equal table with members of law enforcement and be able to see them in a positive light and not in a traditionally adversarial role.
4: I honestly cannot tell you how many times I've had somebody say to me, I've never sat next to a a cop and had lunch. The thing is, everyone, whether it's an officer, somebody who's been in trouble, somebody who hasn't, um, we all have a background and we all have stuff that we bring to the table. And until we start seeing people in that, you know, multi-dimensional level, it makes it a lot more personal. And I think that's what it does on both sides.
1: And, Angie, I know we, you know, this has been going on for quite a few years over in Grand Rapids, but I know you have taken an, an initiative to to spread this out across other areas of, of 4B, right? Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit?
3: Sure. So it's been in Muskegon now, I would say, about three years, and that's with the Muskegon Heights Police Department and Fresh Coast Alliance. And the director for that is Nate Johnson, who actually served, I believe, 12 years for an armed robbery. And when he came out, he really made a goal to stop the cycle of Guys coming back in. And so the agency that they run, we partner with a lot. Parole sends a lot of referrals there. They do different things, employment services. They have some other groups that they run, but obviously they run the clear group. So that's up and running over there. Very successful. They also have a woman's group. And then we recently, I think there's only been two meetings, maybe three in Ottawa. And so there's a partnership over there with Holland Police Department Officer Mendoza runs that clear group, and then that's with 70 times 7, which is another agency that provides a lot of services. And they do have a couple returned citizens who are successful at the table as well. Um, I do know Kalamazoo has a program. I don't know all the dynamics with X; it's not in my region, but I know they came up and visited, spent time with Dan. One thing Dan is really good about doing is anytime I call and say... <laughs> Will you go with me here so we can talk about Clear, He does that. So, you know, we try to get the word out of what it is. He'll share his statistics, and that usually gets people's ears perked up as to what the program is.
1: Yeah, speaking of that, I I know that Dan actually came over to an NIC meeting a few years back where basically all the deputy directors across the nation come to, they they meet quarterly. Um, It was a meeting that they had actually in Grand Rapids. Deputy Director Marlin hosted it. You were on the agenda to come talk to other states, deputy directors for in field operations, about the CLEAR program. And I know that had a huge impact on many other states. I know I had lots of questions for you after your presentation. And it's another example of where you call Dan and say, hey, Dan, come, come, <laughs> come with me to do this. So, uh, you know, thanks for doing that, too, by the way. Oh, my pleasure.
2: So you talked about expanding out. So I guess how many clear-like programs are there that are running? I know there's a women's program, too, in Grand Rapids as yes, well,
4: Yes, right? there is. Yes, Officer Walters runs a women's group that's been a little over a year now um, that she started in Grand Rapids. It's doing well.
3: Yeah, so there's women's and men's group in Muskegon, Kent. There's a men's group in Ottawa. Sometimes Allegan parolees will come as well. And I should say that all the groups are open to probation, too. So um, probation departments in all of those counties are aware they can refer probation, and I know that they often do. And then, like I said, Kalamazoo. Outside of that, I don't know. Have you had any other areas visit?
4: Not in a while, but I have I have met with some where they'll, they'll express interest, but a lot of times it comes down to staffing and finances.
3: I think a key thing, which you guys have visited, so you know, but like Dan talked about the support. I mean, it, it's not uncommon for Deputy McCulley to be there or Tony Treeweiler was at meetings all the time. I know that Director McKee comes to meetings. A lot of supervisors out of parole come so there's a very good support system and you'll see that in Muskegon too Um, I know there's a couple agents and supervisor Carlson same over in Ottawa I mean there's a lot of support to keep that together to bridge that and I think that not only bridges with um, offenders and the police but there's also that bridging that with the department too of the agents so that's a good thing
4: And, and I know guys have commented too when they see either, you know, Warden McCauley now or, you know, Warden Treeweiler or Deputy Director McKee, when they show up, they, they kind of look over there and it's like, holy cow, you know, they've got now. they're sitting having lunch and, and they're having lunch together. And uh, that was one thing that Warden Treeweiler would always say is he thought it'd be really cool when he would shake somebody's hand as they were leaving the facility on Tuesday, and then Thursday he's sitting down having lunch with them.
2: What have you heard most often from the, the parolees or probationers, men and men and women, why they keep coming back? What they what they get out of it? Uh, I think there's like there's some mentorship that, that grows out of that too.
4: Absolutely. And they refer to it to almost, they say it's, it becomes more of their family. And a lot of them have said, you know, some of the stuff that they've gone through, you know, either before they were incarcerated, while they were in car- incarcerated, some of the things they did, they're really not things they can share with their family members. And so it gives them a spot where they can sit there and, and just be open and, and talk about stuff and, and have guys around them that know and get it. And I think that's probably the biggest thing is it just gives them a spot where they can vent some of that stuff out and kind of work through it.
2: Is there any sort of successes? Is is it more anecdotal? Or are there metrics around some of this, or are you, do you track any of the? Folks yes, that are in the
4: I, I do keep track of um, recidivism rates within it. There's a little bit of a variable because the first time I, I measured them, I just did anyone that had attended a, a single meeting, and it was pretty close to you know the state as far as you know twenty I think twenty eight point four from last year. But then when I filtered out and said, okay, anyone that had attended at least three meetings. So depending on the number of meetings that I require, it would bounce anywhere from, if it was at least two meetings um, and as many as, uh, I think I went up to like five, it would bounce between anywhere between 10 and 15%. Um, recidivism rate. So, it, and one other part of that though, I, I do like to tell people too, it's not like a magic pill where, you know, well, let's just force everyone to go then. Right. I've told agents I don't want it to be required. If you make any requirements of it, just say, you know what, you have to go to two meetings. You don't have to say a word. Just sit through two meetings. If you don't like it, if it's not for you, you don't have to go. And I've actually had guys that'll sit there, not say a word, arms crossed for two meetings. And at the end of the last meeting, when we're going around, you know, and, and a lot of times we'll just kind of do closing thoughts from guys and stuff. I actually had a guy a couple of times, you know, where they'll say, I was required to be here the last two weeks, um, but I'll be back next week on my own. And then they kind of smile like, okay, fine. Um, but I do think uh, it's very helpful.
1: So you know, I, I got to ask you, so you know, before you started this program, you know, has, has doing this changed your kind of the way you feel about vendors in general or the MDOC? Do you have a different feel? Um, now that you've worked so closely in, in this program for so long? Yes, absolutely. I, I definitely have a broader perspective on things.
4: When I started, I really didn't think about what brought somebody to the point they were. It's just, hey, you broke the law, you arrest them, right. you take them to jail, and you know, move on to the next one. A few years back, before I took this position, I actually worked in the Youth Commonwealth, um, where we partnered with the Boys and Girls Club. And I was working with a lot of the guys, you know, um, that were in high school age. And I did kind of see that A lot of them that were were really struggling and having problems, they had family members that were incarcerated. So that's kind of what drew me to this when I saw this position posted. I thought maybe it was a longer-term fix. But it gave me a broader view, not only of of the Department of Corrections and, you know, the the whole idea of, you know, trying to help the recidivism rate come down as opposed to just locking people up. It also gave me a a broader perspective as far as, you know, the backgrounds of some of these guys that end up in prison. Um, so yeah, it's definitely changed my outlook a little bit.
1: Well, Angie and Dan, we can't sit here and thank you enough for the work that you do because it does have an impact. And I think you guys are hopefully seeing that. You know, obviously this program is is spreading across 4B. Not because it's not working; it's because it's, there's there's an impact to it, and it is working. And that's because of you guys. It's because of the work that you do. It's because of the impact that you that you want to have on, um, on on human beings. And uh, we can't thank you enough for what you do every day. And thanks for coming on Field Days. Thank thanks. you. And thanks for having us. You know, Chris, what a great program! It's interesting to, to you know to hear from an officer, a GRPD officer, and in, in, you know one of our contractors, in Angie. I don't know, would you? I know you've you've actually been up there before to see it. What what'd you think? I thought it was a good a uh, good podcast.
2: Yeah, I think it's good for people to hear that, and hopefully this will spark some interest in yeah. creating things like this in other parts of the state too. I think a lot of communities would benefit from having that ability to have. Uh, offenders parolees probationers former parolees probationers sit down with police officers and other members in the community and and have you know have more of a bonding so i think that's i think it's definitely that that's the whole point of this podcast is to take things that are happening in one little pocket of the state and have it replicate it and replicate it other places where people might might not otherwise have heard about it so yeah
1: and if you want to learn more you can obviously contact chris or i or you can reach out to angie sprank who uh, was on this podcast uh and she can probably you know walk you through how they set this up probably already Resolve some of the issues at the beginning of this. So um, you know they have, they have a very smooth running, clear mentoring group. So um, yeah, give, give us a, give us a shout out if you want to um, set one up in your area. But we also have a, a very important event happening in the UP, don't we, Chris? I know, I know we have we have Rec Day, which we had I think in June and. Uh, it's a great event. There was, you know, four hundred and some people attend. It was here in Lansing. There was golf. There was I mean, there was just tons and tons of events. But you know, we also recognize that it's difficult for a lot of people to get to Lansing, especially those in the U P uh, in northern Michigan, uh, because it is quite quite a long drive mm-hmm. to get down here. So so what's gonna happen now? We're we're gonna have a rec day in the U P, right?
2: Yeah, for the first time ever. So that's going to be really exciting. We decided to create a UP Rec Day and there's been a group of really dedicated staff that have been really putting a lot of time and energy into making this happen in a very accelerated time frame. And so we wanted to have on our producer.
1: Well, it just so happens that one of those people on that group is yeah. is Joelle. Joelle, our, our producer. Who so this, she yeah. is
2: going to give us an update on what's going on and, and what. And I, and I think there's some sign up time frames that are coming up soon, so people want to go. But she can get into all that and explain to us what's uh, what's in store.
1: So it's going to be great to have Joelle on. So Joelle, it's. You actually, um, you know, we tried to get Kamara on for years to talk, but she would never talk. So Until the 100th episode. Until the 100th episode. Yeah, yeah, right. So um, you've been on a few times now, so it's... A it's, couple times, yeah, yeah. it's great. Hey, take, take it over. It's all yours.
0: Well, as Chris mentioned, and, and probably the most important thing is that we've got some time frames coming up for saving some money. August 30th is the deadline to early bird register. That will get you dinner for $10. It'll get you a discount throughout the day. Golf is full except for two people, and I'm looking at two guys. So if you guys wanted to golf, just know that there's two individual spots left for golf. And Kathy Kiefer will uh, happily put you on a team if you want to take one of those two spots. But oh, first, first
1: of all, Joel, I would never golf with Chris. It takes about five <laughs> hours to golf nine holes with him because his balls are out either in the woods. They go two feet in front of him. So, um, I, yeah, if, if anybody but Chris, I, I'll sign up. So, okay,
0: yeah. I'll. I'll make a note for Kathy for that. Uh, Now, if if you don't happen to get on the golf tournament, but you are a golfer and you want to come up, obviously uh, the event is September 27th. The UP is going to be beautiful up there. The golf course is absolutely beautiful. Um, So even if you don't get a chance to golf, there is a putting contest. It's $5 an entry or three for 10. So bring your clubs up anyway. There's tons of other stuff to do, but you can still get in on that putting contest. Chris can prove Greg wrong. There's a lot of other events as well. We have... Cornhole, which was really popular at the Rec Day in June. We're going to actually make that a tournament this time. We're going to have eight sets of cornhole boards. Uh, the winners of the tournament are going to get their first pick of those. And then we're going to do random drawings from everybody who, who participates in cornhole. You don't have to participate in the tournament to win one of those sets. I know those are always really popular. Chalk art is new this year. That is a uh, arts and craft where you get to pick the design that you want. We've got some seasonal themes. We've got a general theme. But that you must register beforehand so they know which theme to bring for you. Uh, it's 10, 1, and 3 p.m. And it's $20 a person, so if you want to register for that, please do that soon with Kathy Kiefer so they know what supplies to bring. And one of the biggest questions we're getting is lodging because it's going to be in Brimley. So there are still hotel rooms available at the Brimley Casino and Resort, and there are plenty of rooms at the Hampton Inn. Both places are honoring the state rate, even though uh, this is a... uh, event where people will be on annual leave. They are going to honor the state rate for us. So call and get your room reserved because it's going to be a lot of fun and as uh Kathy Kiefer was very excited to share with us. Brimley is going to be hosting a bonfire Thursday and Friday night. They're providing, you know, the the materials. There's going to be chairs. Um, so come on out and join us completely free even if you're not staying at Brimley Casino and Resort maybe you're camping maybe you're staying at the Hampton Inn head on over there's going to be um, new to the UP event is a softball tournament there are still spaces available for a whole team, if you have a team that you'd like to bring, or if you're an individual who would like to play, Kathy Kiefer can match you up with a team. And the softball tournament uh, will be going all day as well. Lunch will be provided at the softball tournament.
1: That sounds like uh, quite a few new events up there. And I know we talked, I don't know, when was that? It was probably a couple months ago to a couple other committee members about the UP event. So if you want to go back and listen to that podcast, um, it was probably middle of June when that, when that came out. So
0: I'll, um, go, I'll, I'll put a link to it
1: okay perfect yeah. yeah yeah so if you want to learn more about where the event is when it is some more about the events um, some more detail you can listen to that podcast and um, get up to date on that so you, you had it up there Chris
2: I was I'm kind of on the fence but you know Joel's making me uh realize maybe I, something I shouldn't miss so okay stay well, tuned
1: yeah and uh, stay tuned next week for a new episode of field days podcast. Right, as always, thank you for listening.
2: We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes
1: and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at FOA and the CFA account at MDOCCFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, Thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.